dad doesn't know how to use the washing machine. Really? So, well, he does, but he's not allowed to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey guys, welcome back to Ladies of the House, our final episode, the third episode, where we kind of discuss the women's perspective on gender dynamics in the domestic work. Um, in this focus group, we talk with Nat and Chloe about their perspectives, and we'll be inserting some clips. And yeah, enjoy. The focus groups focus group participants is Natalie. So yeah, uh, Nat. She is twenty two years old and is uh, currently living in a share house situation. Uh, is in a relationship, but has never lived with a partner before. Yeah, and then the other participant was Chloe, so she's 22 as well, um, identifies as female, currently in a relationship, but she still lives at home with her dad and her sisters. Um, yeah, so last episode, you'll remember that we talked with three guys, all of uh, pretty different ages and ethnicities as well. Unfortunately, with this focus group with women, we weren't able to really get that range of perspectives and ages. Um, so that is um, a downside, I guess, of this focus group. Yeah. We did kind of like add our own yeah. Um, experience yeah, yeah. 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 when we like were all chatting about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess because as... Um, women, we all can include our own like lived experiences as well, which is something that we couldn't do in the guys one. So yeah, but yeah. So um, we really got right into it with the questions um, with the gals, and um, we kind of started off though uh, talking about like I asked a question: Do you think that there are parts of the socially constructed gender norms that benefit women? as obviously lots of the patriarchal uh, constructs benefit men. And, yeah, this was a really interesting question. Here's what they yeah. said. I think yeah. parental leave is a big thing that women get that men don't. Like, the government just announced yeah. today that in the next two years they're going to increase parental yeah, leave. Yeah, the 29 mm. weeks I did this um, like paternal leave. Paternal leave. Yeah. Um, and there's other big corporations that have just increased it for men and women, like PwC has just increased it, which is interesting that the government is doing that after them. But um, I've got a friend at work who's pregnant, it's about to give birth next month, and she's you know taking the full year off, mm. obviously. Mm. Her husband from his work was only given two weeks leave. And I think that just creates, that just you know helps you know, this idea that men shouldn't be at home if they're literally not allowed to take paid leave yeah. because how is anyone True. meant to sustain that? So I think in that aspect, women benefit from the fact that they have this mother, you know, yeah. dynamic with the child. Yeah. Mm. Well, even just, like, going off that, I definitely agree that, like, things like paid parental leave generally, like, favour women. However, it ultimately is to prop up a system where men are not burdened, which is such mm. a patriarchal idea anyway, but burdened with childcare. Mm. Unfortunately, with this question, we did only ask the women. It would have been smart to ask the guys because, you know, getting their perspective, we would have liked to, um, like, know where they feel that they are not equal within society. Yeah. Um but yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get to do that. Sorry. So um, Chloe mentioned something about um, Australian government is going to extend parental leave um, to kind of promote gender equality in the family. Um, from my background, 
since I'm from China, so we don't have parental leave, but we have maternity leave. Um, as a result, um, companies, especially state-owned, um, state-owned uh, enterprises, they prefer uh, male employees when they doing recruitment. Um, it seems like um, maternity leave is kind of privilege that government or society gave us. However, from my perspective, I feel like we should be uh, as women. We should be alert about um, this kind of privilege because it's kind of way that um, depriving our rights to be um, more enterprising in the workplace in the name of privilege, while um, men feels like they are losing um, advantage position in this case, or maybe like in Western countries. We, um, I, I, I know that in Western countries we have diversity when they do in recruitment, but in my background we don't have that. So that makes uh, me as a woman uh, to view in a disadvantaged place uh, when things uh, happen like in the name of privilege. I think it's also really interesting because in our last episode we were discussing choice and how like there isn't really choice and I think this is just such a key example that emphasizes that point because both men and women are disadvantaged by the way that like society has just determined this um like option Mm. like there's no choice for either (laughs) totally like we have to think yeah for the men's like if they wanted to they don't really have the capacity to like take a year off or um, to spend time with a child. Yeah, it's like, um, to be more specific, when um, when we are given the maternity leave, that means they push you to uh, like take care of children, spend time with them. Yeah. However, while men does not have to do these things, it's, it's like they don't have ex- any excuse to um, be lack drive or gumption in the workplace. Mm-hmm. However, women can uh, like... women should um, take um, more time with uh, children, spend more time with their family. Yeah. Yeah. So the next question we asked the girls was, um, yeah, as a woman, do you feel that you have drawn drawn the short straw within life, having to balance home, like being a mother and work life? Obviously knowing that like our participants are pretty young and it's, probably something they haven't experienced yet but like in the future how would they feel about that um for me i'm very career driven and when i first started dating my partner we've been together nearly four years now but he said like oh where do you want to be in five years like how many kids do you want to have and i said none (laughs) (laughs) and i mean obviously not that my mind hasn't changed from that but i continue to make an effort to make it very clear like i do not want children you know, until I'm at least started my career, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and I'm in a place where I'm financially comfortable and I'm satisfied with where I'm at. And I think as a woman, you if you don't think about those things and think earlier on in your life about where you want to be and what you want to do, then you kind of do draw a short straw because as soon as you fall pregnant, you know, you have this huge decision to make that will alter your life no matter what you pick and you're never going to really be able to kind of go backwards in a sense yeah Um, in terms of like my future I definitely do worry about 
a quality of domestic work and stuff in the future just because I know that realistically my preferences throughout my life have been shaped by my socialization mm. as a woman mm. and like I know that I have a lot of desires and like expectations of myself that are gendered like and I really want to have kids it's very important to me I don't know why mm. but it really is um, <laughs> I mean I do I have some like more probably valid reasons and I think there's probably just an element of me thinking that that's what I should want yeah um yeah so they raise some really important like um points in that discussion on like being a woman and being aware of the biological clock I guess and like having to figure out your career and like before you have kids otherwise it kind of I think Nat said like a really great quote was like um if you prioritize kids you're immediately deprioritizing your career which is just yeah kind of a sad reality I guess um but yeah, I, I for myself as well definitely feel that, even though I'm only 20, um, still like aware of like having to figure out my life before I want to have kids and like just aware of that pressure that's there. I think that's something that men probably have to do much less as well. Mm, yeah. Definitely, yeah. 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 Because I think what you were saying before, Domi, is like guys can have kids until, you know, they die. Until they, die. <laughs> they can be 80. They can be 90. <laughs> and it's not going to affect, like, their life. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because they can just go on. And they don't have to, like, think about, like, maternity exactly. leave. And no. All those mm. other different things as well. Yeah. How we mentioned in the start, um, the lived and shared experiences of being women, we kind of just opened up the discussion to general, like, gender inequality in all aspects of life because um, we all kind of could relate. But even though our discussions went for quite a while, we did get some really interesting notes, specifically Nat talking about the power of exit in a divorce um, case and how this, like, the, the gender inequality in domestic work kind of influences um, and is really significant for other areas of society, specifically like divorce and marriage settlements where like the women, because they have um, most likely had to deal with all the domestic work stuff, are kind of considered the primary caregivers and then they're, I guess, they've got that advantage in the court, the court sorry, to um, like to get primary care over the children, um, which I guess, yeah, just like shows a bit of applicability of how gender inequality in domestic work plays out in real life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think it's also really important to think about the way intersectionality uh, interacts with uh, gender inequality because, yeah, obviously it just makes the situation and the context so different and definitely a lot harder if you're earning a low income. So, yeah, like there's people who can afford to have... Um, a nanny a or nanny pay for childcare child yeah. and stuff like that and extra care to take over the like primary domestic roles yeah, yeah. but um for yeah for people who um work low paying jobs and, and have to juggle domestic work as well yeah, yeah. it's it's just you're kind of set up to fail almost cuz it's like you need to be working to pay for your domestic life mm. But then you have no time to actually live that life and do that life. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a really uneven scale, I think. And I think like something interesting that we haven't really inserted in um, this podcast episode, but we do talk about it with Nat, I believe she mentioned that work life balance and, mm. you know, work is life. It shouldn't be a yeah. work life balance. Yeah, it literally. should be your life. 
That's <laughs> that's such a good point, though. And yeah, this brings up a similar point as um, one of the things I mentioned in our first podcast, like um, the way men are expected to leave the house and earn a wage, earn an income, and do that work outside of the house, and then they get to come home to the private sphere where usually lots of the work is being done by their partner. Um, but for women, especially nowadays in, um, like, working women, mm. it's just, like, you go to work to do your paid work and then you come home to do your unpaid housewife work. Um, whereas, like, because historically men have had the, like, been the primary breadwinner it's been like oh okay you can leave the house and like you go do the hard work and then when you come home you can relax and like I'll just like clean up and pick up after you but I feel like women don't necessarily have that like differentiation of what is like work and what is recreation because it's all work yeah Yeah, it's all the same um so then I asked the girls, Nat and Chloe, what how they relate to or think about domestic work, um, which raised some really important and interesting discussions. So we'll just insert a few clips here. I think I saw my mum raising, you know, four girls, cleaning all the time, mm. and I thought, yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't think of anything worse than waiting for it to go and pick my kids. I'll drop them off, I'll go and clean the house, and then I'll pick them up. Like, yeah. no chance. And then, then I also think... You know, my dad did a lot of cooking. I like cooking. I like mm. eating. So I, that's something I better, you know, would rather spend my time doing. Mm. And I think for my boyfriend, he grew up, his dad's like um, an electrician, like trainee area. So he did a lot of like fixing things, mm. which I, I'm like, great. If a light goes bust, good. You should be able to mm. get up and fix it. But I also love building IKEA furniture. So, yeah. Because I feel accomplished doing it. So it's. Yeah, give and take, I think, little mm. bits. I definitely am very critical of the way that I think about domestic labor because I feel like I never thought about it. When I was younger, I was always just like, oh, yeah, you do it equally, like, obviously. Yeah. Like, you just share it. Um, and then you get older and you're like, oh, wait. Um, and I remember, like, getting criticised as a kid for being, like, messy, like, more than my brother got criticised right, for yeah. it. Like... It would be more like people found it quirky that I was messy. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. sometimes they'd be like, "Oh, she's like, she's just like arty so and like messy and like, mm. oh, she's like." Whereas my brother, it was like, of course he's messy. He's a boy. Yeah. So from those discussions, we kind of found uh, there were some like lots of interesting points really um, to draw out, and specifically what Chloe was kind of touching on with her her boyfriend um, being able to like, well, I guess like being socialized into doing those more physical labor. And we drew lots of connections with um, some of the responses from the guys podcast as well. Like we found that it was kind of a running trend that people mm-hmm. acknowledged it was, yeah, socialization played a really big part yeah. in it. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like the the emasculation, like <laughs> I guess the feminization of some domestic chores compared mm-hmm. to like the masculization of like yeah, changing a light bulb or gardening um, and yeah, like that and kind of idea yeah of and it's not only like doing it once it's like mm. okay I've done this this is kind of like if I'm doing this like as a chore or as a job I'm like it's remotely like it's somewhat interesting like I'm happy mm. to invest my time and like skills into maintaining getting better at fixing stuff or like 
yeah. more mm-hmm. labor intensive work and stuff like that and that's where you kind of flock your attention and energy mm. and then I think that is just like exponentially grows yeah which is um and it's like the same for um the like more feminized jobs and mm. like when Chloe was saying she's really like in loves cooking and stuff like that and mm. yeah and what Nat said as well about um yeah just being having to be really aware of the mm. um how the roles of the genders have been assigned because yeah it is very gendered especially in domestic um work and it's um something that you would like notice as a child but maybe not really think much into but now like becoming an adult and being responsible for those tasks yourself um yeah it's really important I think to like critically think about where the drive to flock to like these chores or like these jobs comes comes from well it's hard as well because like with the socialization you kind of just yeah ignore it Mm. and um that just becomes like things that you like to do yeah so like Nat was saying she just like is a caring person Mm. and she likes to care for people and like that's how she shows her love yeah so she will just do that because that's what she likes to do but it's like oh wait you've got to kind of check yourself and why do I like to do these I know, things? And How that was becomes, I bred to like yeah. want to do this? It's like, and I think it becomes really hard to navigate as well because, like, if you are committed to breaking gendered mm. norms and like not just falling into this stereotype, it's like, okay, do I start like getting involved and in doing tasks that I aren't, don't like do. that I don't yeah. actually <laughs> want to do just to like be at the like spearhead feminism yeah like exactly because yeah. then it's like the whole thing of like oh am I doing this because I want to do it or like is it more aligned with my morals and then that's just a whole that's yeah it's such a lot argument yeah. as well <laughs> important yeah. to think about like and like what you touched on Dion like how how we bred to be like caring like women being caring like when you think about growing mm. up were you given specific toys that I know mm. there's so many like the toys and the gendered kind of like connotations that come with them of like cleaning yeah. and looking after dolls and all that stuff and then you compare it to what boys are usually given and mm. how that can like it starts from such a young age um but I think like Chloe raised a good note as well in what she was saying about like she also loves doing that kind of work like she loves building IKEA mm. furniture as she yeah. said which is really I think that comes back to that point of like having the option to do whatever having the option yeah, yeah. definitely yeah uh yeah and what was really interesting as well when we were chatting to Nat uh she told us a little story about um when she was like cooking in the kitchen once and um she asked her boyfriend to do a couple tasks for her and he like ended up doing them wrong and then the essence of the story is the the baking happened to be ruined but um what was really interesting about this which doesn't sound that interesting (laughs) now, but um, we thought about, we kind of talked after this about how um, growing up there is way more of a higher expectation and a standard that we feel like women and girls have to meet in just learning how to do do something and do it well and do it correctly. Whereas I feel like there is um, some leeway in the fact that feel like if a guy can come in and give it like his best shot and like do something about it and if it doesn't turn out all that well it's it's kind of okay it's it's laughable almost it's Mm. just like oh like he tried tried. yeah Yeah. and it's just like oh well like he's a guy of course he's like 
yeah. not going to know how to read instructions <laughs> of a recipe, mind you, but like yeah. it's, and it's something that's almost like endearing, mm. whereas just historically and just in that situation, like I feel like women just don't have that expectation. Like they can't fall short of that expectation yeah. because it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, who's going to need to fix it? Like, yeah. and like, obviously this is just not relevant just to baking and cookies and <laughs> no. stuff like that. But like, yeah, it's something that, yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, just like thinking about it in the context of domestic work where like, I've seen it in my personal life where like the woman um, like gets the, I guess like the guy in the situation to like do something um, like specifically domestic work in the home, like doing the dishes or making a dinner, but then they might like, and they might chill out for a bit and then notice like, what the hell? They are it's doing it so well. wrong. Yeah, yeah, and and then they go now. in there and yeah. they tell them to get lost because they're not doing it. And mm. then they end up doing it and being stressed because they realise that they're like... That and we're like not it. even trying to say that it's the guy's fault because no. like it's literally just yeah. been like how, especially if you were raised in a very like typically like nuclear family mm. values, you... Um, like as a guy you weren't expected to have to learn how to do those things so it's like not it's not even an intentional thing no. like I really don't think that guys are coming in like intentionally <laughs> fucking things up no, but no. it's more just it's just something to consider I something feel, like, yeah, yeah definitely like something to consider yeah in, in like uh, yeah, the gender dynamics where yeah, yeah definitely. I think as well like um as well because some women just love doing it so much mm. they almost just take over too much control and like yeah. we were saying people like you almost have to force yourself to relax and not do it but then they want to do it and that creates its own issues because yeah, like it's like what we we're talking about yeah. yeah like my boyfriend his mom loves to do everything so he's like okay great mm. and like he's not gonna <laughs> go and do it because yeah. she's like wanting to do it so it's like it's a bit of both genders, like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then thinking about why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, um, I think uh, the reason why our male participants think they did, um, like, half of the co- uh, half, half of the um, work in their family or with their partners is because uh, men have different standards of doing things or like yeah, no, really no. make that things down. Yeah. For example, if you ask them to, like, dump rubbish they they just dump the rubbish but never like put the trash bag put put a new trash bag <laughs> yeah right? it's like so, always half done yeah in that case women are always have to like um finish that the, the whole thing yeah yeah no yeah. definitely um but yeah so we did think that was a bit interesting okay so the next question we asked the girls was um what they thought about general like gender inequality and its progressed um like developments throughout history to the current state and where like gender inequality or equality, um, how it compares to the domestic work and the gender dynamics and that and if that like <laughs> if gender equality has progressed at the same level as mm. um, other spheres of gender equality or inequality. Um, and I guess we'll just discuss there like, like what we kind of chatted about. And I think here we're making uh, – we're – looking at the disparity between the public and private sphere, yep. which is really interesting. Yeah. That um, I think says a lot about um, how committed we are to like gender equality and the like how our behaviour represents that. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, to begin with, they kind of I think they both agreed that mm. like generally we found and like we we touched on this in the first episode as well. Like gender equality generally in the I guess like public kind of sphere seems mm. to be progressing and um, it's like slowly but surely. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's not where we want it to be. Not where like, we we've be. got lots to go. <laughs> yeah, but like it's getting there, especially compared to what it used to be. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, like voting rights and working. Um, in workplaces and positions that are usually dominated by men mm. um, and all these other areas. But, like, domestic work and that gender inequality in that has not progressed at the same level. And this is, like, humongous yeah. disparity and lag that we yeah we found with the discussions, which kind of – it leads to this interesting thing where women are, like, have been given the opportunity to work and um, develop a career and be very, like, successful – um, but also have this expectation in the private sphere mm. of their life to continue maintaining that, like, yeah. the primary. So it's like work. go to work, do your waged labour, and then come home and do your unwaged labour because you still have, as a mother or um, mm. as a female counterpart of a household, you still have that expectation to yep. uphold at home, even though you've just gone and done work. And, yeah, this links back to um, when I was talking about um, Federici in the first episode with, like, housewi- um, wages for housewives and that movement. Um, and, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely links to lots of other um, mm, like literature in the field. So Yeah, makes me think of Ali Hostchild and her book on the second shift where women are, like... They're working, um, but then they also have this second shift when they come home that's unpaid and really unrecognised a lot in society, like doing all that domestic work. Um, And there's just so many, like, interesting things to flesh out in this conversation about, like, how the work week is designed, which is a point that um, Nat raised, which was really interesting about, like, how the way that this could change, in her opinion, was, like, through changing how we look at the work week because... As it was set up, is is for like a nuclear family where the male is the breadwinner, breadwinner, sorry, and the woman just stays home and works. It doesn't have um, does domestic work rather, um, and this kind of like the way that our society is functioning now, where the woman is actually contributing and working and having a career full time, yeah. um, doesn't align with like our outdated expectations of who should do what in domestic work. Yeah. So we also noticed as well when we asked this question to uh, the guys about um, whether they feel like the um, trajectory of gender inequality also is including um, housework, they did have a pretty similar answer uh, to the girls in saying that, yeah, like I feel like progress has been made and it was, we definitely talked as well, like in the public sphere, so like workplace, politics even, stuff like that. But uh, they also acknowledged as well that it is getting it's it's still slow and mm-hmm. it's not quite there yet for domestic work and the expectations within the household as like a mother or a wife, blah blah blah. So um, it was interesting that they said that as well. But we were also thinking like, what I wonder when men think about domestic work. If that, if like the th- what they think is the same as what women think as well, yeah. Like, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah totally. Yeah, because like, Josh basically was saying, "Oh, if I was given the choice to be a stay-at-home um, dad or husband, I'd happily do that, and yeah. like I'd love the opportunity." Um, and then a couple of minutes later, 
when we asked him about changing nappies, he was like, oh, God, no. Not exactly. <laughs> what do you and think is, like, yeah, what do you where think? where do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Who does the nappies if you happen? are not? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, and definitely. then we we're also saying, like, the standards um, to which they complete the work is probably less of that than mm. a woman. And, like, we were discussing before, maybe that's just because how they were raised, they weren't taught yeah. properly or, like, they don't hold themselves to a higher standard or I'm not mm. sure. Yeah. But um, it's interesting as well because maybe they just would totally forget to do certain yeah. chores mm. because they don't consider them or they do them so poorly that if they were the stay-at-home dad, the wife might just have to come home and mm. pick up some stuff. And anyway. we also as well aren't saying, we aren't saying that it's like a conscious choice that yeah. men across the board make to <laughs> like not do like the ult- the best job. No, like, do you know what I mean? We are critiquing society, that, like, and like we are also up. very yeah. um, cognizant of how, like that has been, like informed. Yeah, their like life choices and how that has been. Sorry, imposed was a better word to use, um, on them by like gender constructs and stuff like that. It's, we're not just shitting on guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, when we asked the girls, uh, do you think undertaking domestic work is seen as emasculating or feminine? We did go into a bit of a chat about um, how different roles within domestic work um, can have different connotations. Yeah, definitely. And then then that is more relative to what the role is and what you're actually doing. But then we got onto this tangent, which I thought was really interesting when we were talking about sort of the jokes around like the whole like like, domestic work. So we were talking about like, oh, like the joke about like get back in the kitchen or stuff like that. And then it really made us think, I think more critically about where those jokes come from, because I think we all like around the board said we were like, okay, well, isn't there like a double standard? Like that's is really yeah. because what we said as well was um, the example brought up was like the sexualization of men, like mowing the lawn mm. and like mm. having their shirt off, mm. um, and how women can't say, "Oh, have your shirt off in the kitchen while yeah. you cook." Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Rachel kind of brought up um, how it was maybe a double standard that women can say, "Oh, he's so sexy mowing the lawn," but like I should never be told to take off my shirt while cooking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Nat kind of went into it. Yeah. A bit so Nat ra- raised a really important important point. Sorry, that when women make jokes about, um, haha, like get back outside, as opposed to when men make the jokes, it's sub- it's funny because we're subverting a power dynamic. So like when women say stuff like that, there really is no power implication in saying stuff like that because it's not the truth and that's yeah. like and it has no impact on it, like yeah their lives like they're not actually governed by those that type of chores no and, and like, like that yeah. in itself is why it is meant to be a yeah. joke because it's like changing that power structure mm, yeah and whereas where it's said to us like get in the kitchen go make me a sandwich like, and like, that's that actually the reality. truth it's, like, it's yeah. the reality yeah and yeah. it has implications and a very wide majority of the world think like that so yeah I think it's interesting in thinking about a double standard because like yeah I think we can all agree like no you shouldn't say bad and like you shouldn't objectify anyone or anyone's body and stuff like that and that goes across the board but um mm. in more a like light-hearted sense of talking about like gender roles I think that is where it comes into play 
Um, by the way, I just thought a new perspective about uh, so so usually men are educated to like fix things and women are educated to like cook or uh, things like that. I mean, think about it. How frequent we do these two different types? Mm, How frequent yeah, men really like change a light bulb or uh, <laughs> do the gardening? And how often yeah. you have to cook in a day or in a week? Yeah, so true. Yeah. So in, to it's some like extent, one chore yeah. lasts. Like you get. It's like yeah. oh, I've done, I did one thing last week. So mm. you get yeah. It. yeah, that's yeah. it. So think about it. I I don't really think uh, though. Men said they are really do half of the. Uh, work in their family or wi- when they are with their partners, but I don't really think men really share half. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the time yeah. and effort and everything. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. definitely. Alrighty, well, that's a wrap of um, our episode three and our three episode podcast um, in its entirety. We hope you enjoyed um, listening and hearing about these real life experiences and perspectives um, on gender inequality in the domestic in domestic work. Yeah, and we also just feel like we hope that from the like content that we've presented to you with like our focus groups and our literature and combining that all together we've provided at least like a pretty concise um just display of what's currently going on in this field and how people are really feeling about it and also like linking that into lots of like theoretical perspectives and sociological perspectives to yeah really um encourage and like reinforce like some form of pedagogy which um yeah is sort of what we've been trying to aim to do and just Um, raise like um some awareness and discourse yeah definitely in hopes that you guys continue this on and Mm, continue this um discussion in your own lives with um other people who may not bring it up yeah Yeah, bring bring up the conversation it doesn't have to you be on the forefront yeah Yeah, that's it yeah i feel like a big thing was like shining the light on how Mm. far domestic work gender inequality and domestic work is compared to other like developments um so yeah like back to the point of Raising these discussions is really important. I guess that's been the main goal of our, our project. Yeah, and, and we, um, yeah. I think our topic is, is quite um, down to the earth. So, um, I mean, our generation, uh, though we keep talking that um, both men and women are educated to, to be in, in some way, and um, since domestic work is really a thing that we can really make change from uh, th- this oh, yeah. project... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, well thank, thank you very much. Thanks Bye. so much for listening. <laughs> Bye.